and the heavenly hosts, angelic beings wait in eager anticipation of their various assignments. God is moving and has asked me, Gabriel, to call together a special team of angels. There are whispers that the plan of the Messiah is about to be revealed. The trouble is, not an angel in heaven knows exactly what God is about to do. Speculation is rampant and the excitement is high. The plan of God is said to be the most daring yet, and all the angels chosen for this mission are experienced and battle-proven. Well, almost all of them. Hi there. Oh, hi. You're looking lost. Am I? Kid, I wandered the desert for 40 years. I know what lost looks like. Is, is this Bo's place? Well, that's what the sign outside says. Oh, good. What's your name, kid? Uh, Steve. Steve? I'm Moses. Nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, Moses? Like, like, like Moses with the Israel? That Moses? Yes, that oh, Moses. Oh, wow, it's, it's an honor to meet you. Hey, hey, can you part something? Ser- Fine, but I'm only going to do this once, so you better be watching. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. What is it with you angels? You'd think you'd never seen a miracle before. Well, but you're Moses. I mean, you, you could do it. Wait a minute. You're Moses. Well, well, that means that you must know what's going on around here. What's God doing? Why am I here? Well, I expect he'll let you know when he wants you to know. Yeah, you're right, of course. I'm just, I'm just a bit nervous. Well, if you're here, that means you got a pretty important text, am I right? I did. I did. I, I got a text from Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel, can, do you know who that is? <laughs> it's my boss's boss's boss. Well, relax. Have a seat. Let me fix you the house specialty. I like to call it a Red Sea. Oh, because with the, yeah, that's good. That's, I like it. That's good. Yeah, so, you know, I was just minding my own business, and all of a sudden I get this text, because, see, normally I just take care of infants and babies. I, I'm a guardian angel, right? And, but I get this text. I'm told to come here. I have no idea why. All I have is my overactive imagination to keep me company, and I don't well, even know if, Well, Steve, you're probably here to meet some pretty important angels. Yeah, like who? Well... Obviously, Gabriel, because, I mean, you know, Gabriel's the one that sent me the text. But I heard, I heard Gabriel can be really fierce. Gabriel, kid, Gabriel is a big softy. You got nothing to worry about. Yeah? Yeah. yeah you, you're probably right. I mean, it's not like the angel of death is coming or, you know, like that, someone like that. Ooh, well, actually. Another one bites <laughs> And he's not the only one. Cut. Hey, I just started doing the running man. Yeah, I know. DA, you need to cheer up. You know, someday there'll be no more death and you'll be out of work. Hey, you know what? You could work with me. Yeah. Then there could be two angels of joy. That's no, twice the so. fun. Hey, no. guys, 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 hey, I want to introduce know. somebody. 
Steve, this is AJ, the angel of joy. <laughs> nice, nice to meet you. Nice to, nice yeah. to meet you. And of course, you recognize the DA. <laughs> Hello. Hey. I got that what? one. It's, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, 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 that's, that's Michael. That's Michael. Mo, I'll take another one. One living water coming up. So, AJ. As I was saying before you went running off, I highly doubt that the Messiah is going to go sliding down on a rainbow, throwing sunshine and flowers everywhere. Oh, come on, but think of that entrance. Everybody would remember it, and think of the joy. I think it's sickening. Come on. What these people really need to wake them up is like a plague. Maybe some boils. Now that's a party. Hey, you might be onto something there. Because if they get sick... We could heal them and they'd be happy. You guys are amazing. Group hug. Come here. Love you. AJ, AJ, guys, let's be realistic. We all know that the armies of good and evil will clash. The Messiah will win. And everything good and pure will be restored to the earth. The Messiah will come as a mighty warrior and lead the charge in an epic battle such as never seen before. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe it's been seen on TV before, but still. I think a battle is a little unnecessary. When the Messiah is going to come, it's gonna, he's going to be, like, really swift and lethal. Well, a little faster than that, okay? The Jericho. <laughs> right. I love it when we get together. You have incredible imaginations. But everyone knows when the Messiah comes, he's going to be joyful. It's going to be peaceful. In fact, I think we're just going to enjoy being together. I think it's going to look something like this. So. Come on, doesn't that make you feel just warm and fuzzy all over? Actually, I kind of threw up a little. Oh, come on. <sighs> and who do we have here? Oh, no. <laughs> What's your name, son? Uh, uh, oh, my name, it's, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Hey, PA, now that's a joyful noise. You need to try that sometime. I don't think so. Were you summoned? Oh, uh, well, so, so the thing was, it's really what, a, a funny story. Steve, Steve. <laughs> Take a breath. Yeah. Okay, what Steve here is trying to say is, yeah, I was summoned. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so, Steve. Yeah, that's me. What do you think? How's the Messiah going to reveal himself? Hey, 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 hey. Bubbles. Go with bubbles. AJ, let the kid talk. Oh, well, probably it's going to be, I just, I think that me. I don't know. Well, has anybody heard anything? I mean, anything at all. I haven't heard anything, but you know what? I'm super excited because it's going to be great. Look, all I know is there will be a battle. 
Which means I need to put my armies on standby. Now that's what I'm talking about. You are so gloomy. Kind of what I do. Moses, what do you think? Yeah, Mo. What do you think? I, you know, I was just going to ask you, do you think it'll be all this doom and gloom? Or will it be... Or rainbows and puppies? Come on. Well, in my experience, it was plagues. Yeah. Locusts. Yeah. Frogs. Uh-huh. Oh, they can be cute. Oh. And then there was this horrible 40-year camping trip. Well, I was there. I love camping. There is nothing more joyful than the great outdoors. Well. Yeah, it was great. I bet it was. Look, all I know is that I am ready to break yeah. some rebellious skulls. <laughs> now that would make my day. Ah. Hey, DA, someone needs a hug. Come on, it'll make you feel more joyful and a little less, you know. No, I don't think so. Just nope. Joy. How much longer do we have to wait here? Won't be long now, Michael. Gabe, it's about hey, time. It's really? <laughs> Are rest angels here? AJ? Yep. DA? Yeah, you know it. Steve? Does <laughs> Steve arrive? He's behind you. <laughs> Get up here, Steve. What Steve here is trying to say is, yes, I'm here. Now, sounds like you guys have some important business to discuss, so I'm going to get out of your way. I'll be out back if you need anything. Steve, you'll do great. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Before you arrived, we were trying to discuss and figure out why each of us was summoned. As am I. Obviously, the plan involves joy, battle, and even death. Yeah. But that's all I know. However, the real mystery... Well, that lies with Steve here. Who, me? Yes, you. No, 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 no. My biggest battle is trying to, you know, pull a pee out of a little kid's nose when it gets stuck. And that's... <laughs> Don't you love the joy on those parents' face when they finally pluck that little veggie booger out? <laughs> I mean, that's a Facebook moment. Well, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you guys do all this amazing angel work, and I don't even know why I'm here. Look it. Your assignments will be in soon, so until then, you're going to sit and wait. Oh, yeah, wait. Wait. Just wait here. Kid. Oh, sorry, please. Sorry, sorry. All right, come on. I'm not the angel of patience here. Hey, hey, hey. I have an idea. Let's write a song about joy. About joy, come on. Joy to the That's him. World. Yes, sir. All the angels are assembled, sir. Yes, sir. I will tell them. Your assignments are coming in now. Oh, mine died again. Well, I guess you can share with me. I mean, that is joyful. Just try not to break it. Wow. I guess I'm on hold. What is this? I, I didn't see that coming. Now that's a surprise. I'm guarding Jesus.
is on a piece Christmas Eve The final night the world would see Fearful love it's all But there was a shining light Beating wildly into a humble place Where they could find the gift of grace They before their eyes Hope As they looked upon the Savior's face God became a man To reach out and touch His hands The hands of made the blind to see Carried the weight of suffering And washed away our sins So we could be born Father, thank you for sending your son, a light into the midst of our darkness and for the surprise that it was to people then, to the surprise that it is for many of us now, that you loved us so much, that you loved us more than the life of your own son, that you sent him for us. Jesus, I pray tonight that you would capture our hearts again with the, the surprise, the delight, the mystery of the story, that you would encourage us, that we would leave here tonight ready to believe more in you to look more to you, to trust more in you than we have before. And I pray that in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. I'm so glad you guys are here tonight. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we had a fun time last night. And if you know me, you know that I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I love the Christmas lights. 
I love decorating the Christmas trees. I love uh, Christmas songs. I especially love Christmas cookies. They're kind of my favorite, and I've been eating lots and lots of them. Of course, I love the story, too. God becoming one of us. Sometimes we're so familiar with the story that we miss the power in it. That God himself said, I'm going to reach people, and I'm going to do so by sending my son to be amongst, amongst them. God sending his one and only son to bridge the gap between us and him, to make a way for us to come to the Father. The creator became one of the created. The immortal was clothed, was clothed in immortality. And that, to me, is an amazing, absolutely amazing story. And God didn't send Jesus to the rich and the famous or to the powerful and the pious. He sent him to walk among the broken and the poor, the sick and the needy. One of the things I love about the Christmas story is it's full of the unexpected, full of things that uh, surprise people then and still surprise us now. In fact, uh, just what we saw in that lighthearted drama is, is all of heaven was shocked at God's plan. Mary was surprised at being chosen to be the birth uh, mom of the, of the Messiah. You know, every Jewish person on the planet at that time was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. They all believed in the promise. And for Mary to be the one, for an angel to show up and say, Mary, you're going to be the mama to the Messiah, was incredible. Joseph was surprised at Mary's condition. The shepherds were surprised by the angels. And the wise men were surprised by a star that led them to Bethlehem. In fact, they first went to Jerusalem. Because they, they knew they were looking for the king of the Jews, and they thought, well, surely he'll be in the capital, in the, ma- the big city, the, <clears throat> the major city, but that's not where he was. He was in Bethlehem, and they were shocked and surprised by that as well. You see, God loves to shock us, to surprise us with the unexpected, and I'm going to talk about why in just a moment. But, you know, some of us, we like to be surprised. Uh, some of you like to go to the theme parks, and you ride the scariest rides possible. Some of you Love to watch horror movies late at night in a dark room all by yourself. And by the way, that's not normal. <laughs> but you're an adrenaline junkie, and you love that rush, that adrenaline that comes. But even adre- adrenaline junkies, those that like that kind of stuff, uh, would admit that some surprises are hard to handle. Unexpected news from a doctor, something we didn't see coming. Bad news from your boss about downsizing of the company. Hard news about the loss of a family member or a good friend. Truthfully, and I don't know all of your stories, but many of you I do, some of us have experienced some really hard things this past year. Things that we didn't see coming, things we didn't expect, they surprised us, shocked us, and and some of us were terrified by the events in our lives. Some of us have dealt with relational, financial, physical struggles that have really put us in a place where we just shake our head and we don't know, we don't understand. We've been surprised by the events of our life. Back in uh, June, I had the opportunity to go to Israel, and I went with my mom. Flying back from Tel Aviv to Amsterdam, that's a short leg of the trip, had to catch a flight and go from Amsterdam all the way to Portland, and that's 11 hours of misery. Uh, flying is not really all what's cracked up to be. It, it wasn't fun. It beats taking a, a boat across the water and, and traveling by wagon train, I'll give you that. But 11 hours on a plane was pretty tough, and uh, I got up a lot. I have restless leg syndrome, so I'm the worst guy you want to sit next to on a plane. Well, maybe the two-year-old's the worst. But I'm right up to you know, that par with a lot of people. And I got up quite a bit to stretch my legs and to walk. 11-hour flight. And I would get up and I would stand. I would walk. I'd do anything I can just to stay mobile. And I got up quite a few times to um, use the lavatory. I have OMD. It's a medical condition. Old man's disease. 
But I, one of the times, I don't know, five, six hours into the flight, I came back to my seat and uh, I, I uh, decided to recline my seat. Now, when I got on the plane, I, if you fly much, you know, you always look around, who's with you? Is there that two-year-old right behind you? Are they gonna be kicking the seat the whole time? Well, I looked and the seat directly behind me was, I'll describe her as a very muscular woman from the Netherlands. And I mean really muscular, as in scary strong. And, and I knew she was from the Netherlands because she was talking to her friend and, and I could just tell and we were flying out of Amsterdam. But anyhow, I sat in my seat and I pushed the button to recline. And again, it's five or six hours in the flight and I'm just kicking back to relax a little bit. Next thing I know, and I kid you not, with both arms, she shoved my seat forward as, as hard as she could. And it practically launched me, launched me out of my seat. The guy sitting next to me looked at me and said, man, and I just, I don't know what's going on. Now, lucky for her, she's stronger than me. Because <laughs> I would have had words with that woman otherwise, but I, I, I let it go. But you know what? That's how life is sometimes. We're minding our own business. We're not doing anything wrong, and all of a sudden, someone or something slams into us, and it's hard. It's scary. I know a guy who's been diagnosed with prostate cancer this past year. And as cancers go, if you gotta get a cancer, it's one of the better ones to get, which sounds kind of strange to put it that way, but I know from firsthand experience, I'm two and a half years cancer-free now from prostate cancer. My friend, it, uh, it's not such a good prognosis for him. It's, it's gone into his lymph nodes and into his bone. And uh, he's, he's, he's afraid, he's worried about what this next year is gonna bring. I, I know a couple bought a brand new car, and I won't mention the model of the car, but they had it just a matter of weeks, and then they were in a horrible accident. Not their fault. An elderly woman didn't see them, hit them hard, and the airbags did not deploy. It was on recall. They found out later that the vehicle that they had was actually not working properly. It was on recall, and it was scary. They were terrified because it could have taken their life, and nothing worked the way it should have in the car. One of my best friends has lost nearly 40% of his operating income this year from his business, 40% down, and he's been devastated by that. Some surprises are really hard for us to face. And if we're honest, we'd admit that there's a part of us that at least is baffled and sometimes terrified by the things we didn't see coming, the unexpected. And because that's true for a lot of us, and I know some of you thinking, man, thanks for bringing up all the bad things in my, my life this last year. Merry Christmas. I, I, my, my intent is not to send you out of here depressed tonight. I just want us to dial up this Christmas story, see all the unexpected things that happen, and I want to encourage you with some responses that we can make that these people made in the midst of things that terrified them. You know, most of the movies we see about Christmas, the stories we read, the nativity scenes we have on our mantle above our fireplace, they're all so nice. They're really pretty, and they're, they're special, and there's this glow and this, this really nice environment and atmosphere. The reality of the story is that it's full of drama, and a lot of people who have experienced the birth of Christ and the, the whole idea of Christmas, that first Christmas in a way that really terrified them. So I want to read small portions of the story from Luke and Matthew, and I want you to listen. Take, take a different perspective tonight. Listen for the not-so-easy parts of this story. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, imagine an angel showing up in your bedroom. How are you going to react or feel about that? 
Well, verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at her words, at his words, and wondered what this kind of greeting meant. What, what was all this about? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Why did the angel say that? Because Mary was afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. Now, you don't have to read between the lines here to see that this was a terrifying experience at first for Mary. And so she was greatly troubled. Why? Because this was completely out of anything anyone had ever experienced. You get that, right? No one had ever conceived by the Holy Spirit and given birth to a Messiah before. This is the first. And that's why Gabriel said, it's okay, Mary, don't be afraid. She was this young peasant girl, a teenager, maybe as young as 13 or 14, maybe 15 at the most. A young teenage girl in a middle of nowhere. Bethlehem was, was the backside of nowhere. She's a nobody from nowhere, and an angel shows up and says, you're going to be the, the, the mother of the Messiah. You're going to give birth to the one who all of Israel has looked forward to for, for decades, for millennia. She's engaged to a good man, and she was a good girl. She was a virgin. And the angel says, it's, it's okay. I know that you don't understand all this, but you're going to be the mother to the Messiah. And I want you to try to put yourself in her shoes for just a moment and imagine how she felt. Not a lot of warm fuzzies here. A lot of question. Let's take a look at Joseph, Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. A night vision appeared to him in a dream and said, do not be afraid. Why did the angel say that? Because he was afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now I know if I'm Joseph and that happened to me, I know what my reaction would be. Yeah, right, whatever. Conceived of the Holy Spirit. I don't get any of this. This doesn't make sense. And Joe was afraid. I'm sure he's worried. What am I going to tell my mom and dad? What if the, city, the town finds out, Bethlehem finds out, and, and they want to stone her publicly, which they could have done? Joseph's trying to figure this all out. And he was a good man, but he was shaken to his core by things he simply couldn't understand. How about the shepherds? Let's not forget these guys who end up in absolute terror when the angels show up. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. It was night, probably the middle of the night. And they were looking after their sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And it says they were terrified. There's probably no stronger word in the original language of the New Testament for, to describe them than terrified. They were, they were absolutely terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, and it is for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And here's how you will know that I'm telling you the truth. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. They're going, where? Yeah, in a barn, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a large group of angels from heaven also appeared, and they were praising God, and they said, may glory be given to God in the highest heaven, and may peace be given to those he has blessed on earth. It's terrifying enough to see one angel, but then a whole tribe of them show up, and these guys are terrified. And again, my point in pointing out you know, Mary's fear, Joseph's fear, and the fear of these shepherds 
is not to fill you with fear, but to remind you this story is filled with a lot of unexpected surprises. And all of heaven was shocked by God's plan. And yet the response of each of these people and the shepherds, each of them, gives us some insight into what we can do when we face the unexplainable, when we face the difficult and the scary. Mary, she said in Luke 1.38, I serve the Lord. May it happen to me just as you said it would. What was Mary's response? She went from fear to surrender. All right, I, I serve God. It's not about me. This isn't about me at all. And if this is what God wants to do, I surrender. I yield to him. Now, when we surrender to God, that's not saying I give up whatever God. It, surrender to God is I give over. I give you control. I yield to your will for my life. Mary started afraid, not sure what was going on. And her ultimate response was, God, I don't get it, but I surrender. I yield to you. The question I want to ask you is when you're shocked, when you're surprised, when the unexpected happens in your life, when something that you didn't see coming happens, will you have the response of Mary? Will you say, God, I don't understand, but I yield. I surrender to you. Matthew 1, 24 says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do, and he took Mary home as his wife. I find that an incredible response. This guy, all sorts of questions, doubts, fears, concerns, heartache, heartbreak. I'm, he's thinking Mary was unfaithful to him. Put yourself, in, yourself in, in his shoes again and imagine how horrible he felt. He was a good man. He loved Mary. But then an angel shows up in the dream and says, it's going to be okay. And what does Joseph do? I love this. It says that when he woke up, that he did what the, the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. Here's my question. Will we, like Joseph, trust God in his plan and do what he asks us to do even when we don't understand? Even when we don't see it and it doesn't make sense to us, will we entrust our lives to him? How about the shepherds? What was their response? I love these guys too. The angels told the shepherds that the Savior was born and that they were invited to come and see. Luke chapter two, verse 15, the angels left and went into heaven and then the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened. So the angels are gone. They turn to each other, let's go. And they take off looking for Jesus in Bethlehem. And so when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. <clears throat> and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These guys, blue collar workers taking care of sheep out in the middle of nowhere again. An angel shows up. Angels then show up, and their response is, let's go. The question I want to ask you is when the unexpected happens in your life. When things you didn't see, you didn't plan on happen, will we, like the shepherds, accept God's plan? Will we go and see, will we pursue him? In other words, will we stay the course no matter what? Will we go after God? Sometimes, maybe more often than not, life surprises us and the unexpected happens. I know. Sometimes we sit there stunned, shaking our head, thinking, man, what am I gonna do? I didn't see that coming. And how can we survive and even thrive in the midst of those struggles? This is what I wanna leave you with tonight. How can you and I, I don't know what's happened for all of you in 2013, and the truth is, I don't have any idea what's coming in 2014, and neither do you. And we can live in terror and, and, and just be completely distraught over what has happened or over what might happen, we can live in fear and worry and anxiety. We can go there or we can do 
What Mary did, we can surrender. So God, I'm gonna yield my life to you no matter what. We can do what Joseph did. God, I'm gonna entrust my life to you. I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna trust you, even when I don't understand, even when I don't see it. And we can do what the shepherds did. We can say, God, and I'm gonna pursue you. I'm gonna follow hard after you. I'm gonna find you, I'm gonna stay close to you. I'm gonna stay the course no matter what may come. Ultimately, it's up to us, our choice. But I wanna encourage you, with this Christmas story and all that took place, all the surprises, to leave here tonight committed to pursue God, to follow him, to trust him, and to surrender him like you never have before. I'll tell you one last story, and we'll light our candles in just a moment. I um, was doing a book signing at Soar Bookstore, uh, Bible Bookstore in Coeur d'Alene, a couple weeks ago. And I like doing those things uh, because I get to meet new people. And you know me, I love stories. So I'm always asking people, you know, hey, it's nice to meet you. Tell me your story. And they say, no, tell me about your book. I, I tell them a little about, about my book. And they say, well, t- tell me your story. Tell me how you've experienced God's grace. I met this one couple. And they uh, were, I just surprised me with the amount of joy they had and how happy they were. And they're doing some shopping. And, and uh, they asked me about my book. And I told them, I said, well, tell me your story. They said, oh, man, we, we've been experiencing all sorts of God's grace. And I said, well, tell me how. They said, well, you know, a few months ago, we prayed that God would simplify our life. And they started laughing. They both started laughing, and they said, boy, be careful what you ask God for. Because two weeks ago, our house burnt to the ground. We lost everything. And these guys are telling me this with smiles on their faces. They're, they're, they're almost giddy about, yeah, well, we ask God to simplify our life, and, 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 but the Lord just keeps surprising us and, keep, and keeps blessing us, even though it's been really hard this last few weeks. That's a couple who surrendered their lives, the control of their lives to God. That's a couple who've entrusted their everything to him. That's a couple who say, no matter what, I'm going to pursue God and follow him. About another hour later, another young couple came in, and uh, their names are Danny and Tanya. I'd never met her before. Uh, she was great with child. I mean, the waddle, the, you know, very, very pregnant. And I'm always careful with women. Um, but I said to her, you are, are when's your baby due? And she said January 20th. I go, Phew. But yeah, uh, uh, she said, yeah, January 20th. And they didn't have any other kids with them. And so I said, well, is this your first one? And I could instantly see this look on both their faces like, boy, I think I just went a little too far with that question. And she said, no, uh, we actually have a, a couple boys at home. And uh, this is, this is going to be our fourth child. And, they, and, and then he spoke and said, we lost our little girl. We lost um, our, our daughter. And I, you know, I, having lost my grandson uh, five years ago, I, I know that pain. I know that agony. And I just, I was so, I just wanted to put my arms around him and just hug him, just love on him. But you know, I, I was again amazed by this young couple who said, we just are thankful for the gift that God has given to us and that this baby is healthy. Guys, that's a couple who are surrendering to his care and his control. That's a couple who are entrusting their lives to the Savior. That's a couple who are saying, no matter what, we're gonna pursue the Lord. I would encourage you to be just like that. No matter what has happened, is happening, or might happen in 2014, be that person. That's my prayer for you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have not left us alone to face the hardship of life, that Jesus was called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. 
And that no matter what we have faced, are facing now, or might face in the future, the truth is, God, we are not in this all on our own. That you have given us your presence, your comfort. You've given us friends and family and the body of Christ to stand with us as well. And I just pray, Lord, for anyone listening right here tonight, listening later online, that has really gone through a, a, just a difficult year, that you would encourage them in this moment to surrender, to trust, and to pursue you. God, I don't know what's coming. You do. But I pray that we leave here tonight more committed than ever to say no matter what may come. We don't know what's coming, but we know who knows, and so we're going to trust our life to him, to the one who came as light in the midst of our darkness, in the midst of our fear. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed just for a minute. Maybe you're here tonight, and you've not started your life as a Christ follower. And you know, I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but you know that it's time. You're just in your heart. You know it's time to say yes to God. You know it's time to surrender and to trust and trust your life to him. And you want that relationship with God that he sent Jesus to establish, to make possible for you. And if that's you and you're ready tonight, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. All I'm going to ask you to do is just own this prayer. The Bible says it begins with belief. We believe in our heart. And so with this prayer that I'm going to pray, I'm just going to ask you to own this and to make this prayer yours. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he came to forgive, to pay the penalty for my sin. Thank you, God, that you love me so much that you sent him into the world. And right now, tonight, I get it. I believe. I believe that Jesus came, that he died for me, and that he rose again. And I surrender my life to you, my past, my present, my future. It's yours. I entrust my life to you. And right here, right now, this Christmas Eve 2013, I'm choosing to follow you from here into eternity. I'm going to be yours. I'm going to be a Christ follower from this moment on. Help me. Help me to be the man or woman that you have destined me to become now. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take your candles out right now, and I'm going to ask you to remain seated. You know, one of the oldest and uh, most popular Christmas songs is Silent Night. And I love the words to this song. I'm going to ask you to remain seated. The ushers are going to come now. And uh, they're going to light their candles and then go down the outside of the aisles and light the first candle in each row. And then if you'll just turn and light the candle of the person next to you. Um, I want you to understand why we do this. It's cool. It's tradition for us here at East Point. I've been doing this since I was, you know, a little boy. And I love this part of the service. But understand why we do this. We do this as a symbolic act to remind us that Jesus came as the light of the world in the midst of our darkness. I don't know what darkness you're in right now. Listen to me. He came to bring light, his presence, his power, his life into the midst of your darkness. And so as you light this candle, as you turn to the person next to you and you light theirs, let this flame be a reminder to you that he came as light in the midst of our darkness. Let's sing this song together. Silent night, holy night, all is gone. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round young virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, 
Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Holy street from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing the Savior is born Christ the Savior is born Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure life Silent night Holy night Son of God loves pure life God of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord. Let's do that second verse again. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at Holy street from heaven above, and we all sing hallelujah. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. I love this view. In fact, take a moment, just look around the room. I love the radiant glow on your face from the simple candle, this light in your hand. And my prayer for you is that this next year, you would glow with the presence of God in your heart, in your life. That you would go, you know, Jesus said he was the light of the world, and he also called us lights. That we were to go as light in the midst of our darkness and be just like him. So my prayer for you this year, no matter what may come, you'll go walking knowing that you're not alone and that the light of the world is with you. Now very carefully, without tipping it or lighting anything on fire, go ahead and blow the candle out. I say that years ago, um, when I was passing a church in Portland, we had an elderly woman who uh, had quite the hairdo, lots of hairspray. True story. Wanted to take a picture. So she had her candle lit and uh, put the candle to her hair and the smell of burnt hair through a room. Kind of ruins the Christmas spirit. So thank you for not lighting anything on fire. God bless you guys. Hey, a couple things before you go. Thank you for coming tonight. I really do appreciate it. Uh, if you begin your life as a Christ follower, tell somebody, tell the friend, the family member you came with, you will make their Christmas. Let them know. And then on the tables, by the doors, it's a white envelope. It says, new believer on. It's got a packet, a Bible, some material to get you started in your walk with Jesus. Please pick one of those up. Let's stand together. My final blessing for you is that may you go. Have a Christmas knowing that he is with you. Have a new year knowing that God will always walk with you every step along the way. Our part is just to walk with him. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming.